0: good Sunday morning to you wherever you may be this morning we appreciate that you have decided to gather here with us virtually of course we want to welcome our members our regular attenders all of our friends and all of our families but we especially want to welcome you if this is your first time visiting Broxton United Methodist Church if this was your first time and you were uh, here in person what I would tell you is that you are the most important person in the congregation today and we feel that way, whether we're meeting in person or whether we're meeting across the internet. If this is your first time joining us at Brox United Methodist, we want to extend a personal welcome to you, a personal thanks, and an invitation to come back. You had a decision to make today and you decided to tune in to Broxy United Methodist, and we truly appreciate it. And we hope that God will bless you by, by through your decision. And today is Palm Sunday. It is the it is it is the, it is the beginning of Holy Week which of course culminates next Sunday with 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 Easter. And Palm Sunday is a is a commemoration. It's it's a, it's a, we remember Jesus' triumphant entry into the city of Jerusalem just a few days before he was crucified. And again like I said that was the beginning of Holy Week. And uh, it is the beginning of Holy Week. And I'm not going to preach on that this morning. I'm going to be preaching on a different text, but I would like to read you that story if you will indulge me. Um, maybe you've never heard that story before. Maybe you're saying, what, what is this Palm Sunday and Holy Week stuff all about? Well, this is where it all begins. This is, again, this is the start of it. Palm Sunday, and again, of course, it goes through the entire week and culminates with, with uh, well, Easter Sunday, next Sunday. Um, so again, I just want to read this story to you. This is, this is from uh, the Gospel of Matthew. And this is where we get Palm the celebration of Palm Sunday from. You're going to find it in Matthew chapter 21. If you happen to have a Bible with you there by your side, if again, if you're, if you're checking us out on, the, on a computer screen or a monitor somewhere, if you've got an app that you can pull up, please please uh, feel free, of course. But I encourage you to read along. Read the scripture along with us. And again, you're going to find this story in the 21st chapter of the Gospel of Matthew. And it's going to be verses 1 through 11. And I'll give you a couple seconds uh, to, uh, to locate that. So Matthew, chapter 21, verses 1 through 11, and I'm reading from a New Living Translation. It uh, starts starts starting in verse 1. It says, As Jesus and the disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the town of Bethphage on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them on ahead, and he said, Go into the village over there, and as soon as you enter it, you will see a donkey that is tied there with its colt beside it. Untie them and bring them to me. And if anyone asks what you're doing, just say the Lord needs them, and he will immediately let you take them. This took place to fulfill the prophecy that said, Tell the people of Jerusalem, look, your king is coming to you. He is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. The two disciples did as Jesus commanded. They brought the donkey and the colt to him, and they threw their garments over the colt, and he sat on it. Here's the entry into the city of Jerusalem. Most of the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of Jesus, and others cut branches from trees, and they spread them on the road. This is where we get the palm branches from. Jesus was in the center of the procession, and the people all around him were shouting. What were they shouting? They were saying, Praise God for the Son of David. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise God in highest heaven. And the entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar as he entered. Who is this, they asked. And the crowds replied, it is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. And that, of course, is the word of God for the people of God. And that is where we get our celebration of Palm Sunday from. Jesus' triumphant entry, humble yet triumphant entry into the city of Jerusalem. Of course, just just a few days, just a few days prior to to his crucifixion. And generally, on this day here, we, a lot of folks celebrate it differently. But generally, what we will do here at Rocks United Methodist Church on this on, on Palm Sundays is, is we will give the children palm branches, and the children at the beginning of the service will march around the sanctuary um, as we begin as we begin that celebration. And and of course, I'm I'm, I'm missing that I'm missing that tradition this morning. As, as I'm sure a lot of our members and our family and friends who are watching this morning are. Um, it's been part of our tradition for a very long, long time. However, as hard as it is to uh, to, uh, to miss some of these things, remember, we are reminded that God is always in control. And this thing that we share in our hearts, that this, this desire that we share in our hearts as a church community to be together, to worship together, we are reminded of that, and that is, that is probably heightened at this time, but I can tell you for me, it is. I have a strong desire to be with my church family. I miss my church family, and I want to be with them. And that's probably you. Again, if you're part of Brock's United Methodist I'm sure you're you're feeling that as well. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, in all this craziness, all this all this chaos, that is among the many, many things that God is doing for us. He's wrenching our hearts, he's reminding us what is what is important. To in our lives what is important in our as christians is our relationship with god and our relationships with our brothers and sisters in christ maybe just maybe again that's something that he's doing during this time i want to give a few church announcements just like I did last week it's kind of weird not to get up here because that's usually the first thing that i do is give church announcements obviously we're not doing anything in person here at church but we do have a number of ministries that are still continuing through uh, through the internet that's primarily how we are doing ministry right now we do have a Facebook page if you're not familiar with it it is Broxton United Methodist charge Broxton United Methodist charge go on there and like the page and follow along we have recently established over the last three weeks a Facebook group and I had it explained to me look I heard a very good explanation some folks don't understand the difference between between a Facebook page and a Facebook group and I heard a wonderful explanation about that earlier this week let's imagine for just a second Facebook Facebook is a house okay if Facebook is a house then our page our church page Broxton United Methodist charge is the front porch it's where you're invited to come on in come check us out say hi see what we're all about that type of thing it's an introduction our group page which is Broxton UNC family if our page is, is the front porch our group page is the living room and that was again something that something that I was, that was shared with me earlier this week and I think it's a great explanation to understand um, the difference between the two and we do have a Facebook group and it is like our living room it's where we invite you to come in we invite another to come in and we and we share things with one another and we encourage one another and we offer praise and we worship together. And uh, and, and it's it's a, it's a beautiful way again of communicating, staying in touch with, with, with your brothers and sisters in Christ through this time and even and even after this time passes. So go there. It's it's a uh, it's it's open. Anybody, anybody who's a friend or, or just curious about Broxton United Methods, you are welcome to join that. Again, it's Broxton, UMC Family. Just go to Facebook, and do a search for it, click the little join group button and we will let you in and then welcome you with open arms. You can check out our website, it's broxtonumc.wordpress.com. We've recently updated that and keep it updated with, uh, with blog posts and videos and, and, and all, all sorts of stuff. So go, please go check out our, web, our, our website as well. Again, broxtonumc.wordpress.com. We have recently established a YouTube channel over the last two to three weeks. And again, if you are watching the 11 a.m. service this morning, you are watching it on YouTube, so you're very familiar with it. But anyway, again, if you're not, if you're watching this, through some other outlet, some other means, check us out on YouTube, youtube youtube.com. Go to the search bar, do a search for Broxton United Methodist Church, and you can find us very, very easily there. And even just recently, we added another one this week with with Zoom. We did did an online meeting together with several of our members, and friends using, using the Zoom uh, conference, conference website, and it went absolutely wonderfully, wonderfully, and, and, I, and I really foresee us using that more and more in the future. So again, we are glad that you're here. We are glad that our members are here, our friends and our family are here, and especially if you're not a regular. If this is your first time, or, or you're, you're infrequent, or whatever. For whatever reason, you decide to join us today. We're thankful, and, we, and again, we hope that God will choose to bless you through your attendance. And if you will, take a few minutes to pray with me now. Almighty and merciful God, as we recall today, Jesus' entry into Jerusalem and the adoration and the reception that he received from the crowds, we're also reminded that those same crowds would turn their backs on him just a few days later. Lord Jesus, you knew this, and you entered anyway. You knew what laid ahead of you was an unimaginably painful and humiliating death, and you entered anyway. You entered for us, and though they rejected you then, just as we continue to do today, you submitted yourself to the cross with a focused, selfless, sacrificial love that few of us can imagine or fathom. In John's Gospel, we read that you told your disciples that there is no greater love for one than to lay down one's life for his friends. And that's exactly what you did. You also commanded them, just as you command us, to love each other, just as you had loved them. There are not enough thank yous in the world, Jesus, that could ever cover the gratitude that you deserve for your ultimate act of love. And yet we feel compelled to say it again today. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for loving the world like no other, both then and now. Thank you for submitting to your Father's will. And may we all learn to do the same, no matter the cost. Forgive us when we falter. Forgive us when we fail. Forgive us when we sin. Forgive us when we stumble. And by the power of your Holy Spirit, we pray for the ability to love as Jesus loves. We pray for our minds and our hearts to be transformed into the likeness of our Lord Jesus Christ, And we pray that your church will lay down our own idols, many of which have been revealed during this chaotic and uncertain period of time. And we pray that we will be renewed and revived like never before to glorify you in all that we think, all that we say, and all that we do. To be, to make disciples of Jesus Christ. To live and breathe with Almighty God truly and honestly and unreservedly as the center of all that we are. We pray and we plead all these things for your glory, for our good, and for the good of every life that we may touch. And all of this we pray in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you do have your Bibles, once again, the scripture we're going to be looking at today is out of the book of Philippians. It's one of Paul's, the Apostle Paul's epistles, one of his letters. And we're going to be looking at, at Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. So, again, I'll give you a couple minutes to get to that. Again, it's the second chapter of the book of Philippians. And we're going to be looking at verses 5 through 11. So, Philippians 2, starting in verse 5, reads this Paul writes that you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. And instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God, and he was born as a human being. He humbled himself in obedience to God, and he... Let me back up, folks. (laughs) repeating it let me go back to verse 7 I'm sorry instead he gave up his divine privileges he took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being and when he appeared in human form he humbled himself in obedience to God and he died a criminal's death on a cross and therefore God elevated him to the place of highest honor and he gave him the name above all other names that at the name of Jesus Christ every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and Under the earth and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father and once again this is the word of God for the people of God and of course these are the uh, these are the words of the Apostle Paul that were written to the church at, at Philippi and I want to talk a little bit about something different I'll get back to the scriptures in a few minutes but my heart has been moved and my mind has been moved to talk to talk about a Something a little bit different that doesn't quite apply directly to these scriptures that we're reading this morning. Although I will get to them momentarily. Because the ministry of Paul has been kind of in the spotlight lately. During this coronavirus and pandemic and, and, and the chaos and, and, and the, uh, the uncertainty. The ministry of the Apostle Paul has come up in a lot of conversations it's kind of, been, kind of been highlighted a lot, and a lot of stuff that I've been reading, and a lot of stuff that's, that's, that's coming up again in, in, in conversations and, and those types of things within, within the church and, and uh, within church leaders and in uh, just general ministry topics. Considering his ministry, Paul spent a lot of time in jail, which I'm sure many of you know this already. The book that we're reading this morning, out of this morning, Philippians, Paul wrote to the church of Philippi while he was in prison in uh, in Rome. Paul spent a lot of time in jail, behind bars. He didn't get out. He couldn't get out. That's not how Paul ministered for much of his time as a as a as a church leader. Not all the time, of course but for a good chunk of his ministry, he was in prison. He was quarantined, if you will. Involuntarily, but quarantined nonetheless. He was behind bars. He wasn't out preaching openly in churches. He wasn't out openly ministering one-on-one with folks. He was writing letters. He was writing letters. And I hope that you can kind of see the similarities of where I'm getting at with this. Because even Paul, even though Paul spent so much time, so much of his time in ministry behind bars, locked up, God used him to author, to write what eventually became what we now know as the New Testament. Not all of it, of course. Paul wrote about half of it, though. From behind bars, unable to get out in public, unable to do one on one. Being a teacher, being a a public teacher or, or pastor or preacher, he did it from behind bars, writing letters. And again, God used him to write and author nearly half of the New Testament. And certainly, certainly we can see those similarities in what's going on now and how the church is able to minister. We're not writing letters, or maybe some of us are. Maybe some of us are getting back to that beautiful art form of actually sending people letters. But we're ministering in other ways and we're talking in other ways. We're ministering primarily again through the internet, and what a beautiful, beautiful thing this has become! Numbers of people are logging on to view church services at an unbelievable pace, an unbelievable amount. And you, you see such an, we have seen over the last several weeks such an increase. Number one of churches that, that are that are that are logged that are that are broadcasting their services for the first time, but also first-time church attenders who are attending. Through these virtual means the similarities there between how Paul ministered and how God used him to to minister and to be this this huge figure in the history of Christianity and what God is doing right now with his church during our time in this uncertain chaotic time when we can't meet together when we're when we're not behind bars but we are certainly unable to uh, to meet with people one-on-one God is working God continues to work So don't be discouraged. I can assure you that ministry is being done. It's being done in new ways. It's being done in very, very inventive ways. It's causing people like me to have to learn. It's it's challenging. It's challenging us, and that's okay. It's okay to be challenged. I like being challenged. We should all all take that challenge on. People are responding, folks. People are responding. Non-Christians are responding, and people are searching. Searching. We see people searching. Like we have it in a very 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 long time people are talking about god conversations on social media revolve more around god and these are just my observations i don't have any data to back this up but people are talking more about god on social media than at any time i can remember we see people praising god we see people talking about asking questions about God, about Christianity. We see people quoting the Bible. Now folks have always done that, but I'm talking about the increase. We're talking less. I see, and I may be totally wrong, but I see people talking a lot less about some of this other stuff that we used to we used to focus on so much, so much, so much. I see them talking a lot less about that and I see them talking a lot more about God. So be encouraged. Be encouraged during this time. This weird, crazy crazy, chaotic, and uncertain time. God is working. God is working through his church. And I was also reminded of something else this week, and that was the humble beginnings of the church. Church didn't start like this, and I'm kind of stating the obvious on that, but church didn't start in these huge things, church started in little and small, in what we might call small groups today, house churches. That's where the church originally got started. It was these small amounts, these small numbers of people that would gather together in homes and worship and read scripture together and pray together. We have that opportunity right now. And I think that's another thing that God is doing. Now, I, I understand that we're not supposed to be getting together with, with people, but I'm, with, with people outside of our family. And that's exactly what I'm talking about we have an opportunity right now like no other time at least in my lifetime anyway to worship to pray to grow together as families like we never ever have not that i can recall anyway we are literally i don't i don't i don't like to say forced but yes we are being forced we're forced to stay home right now and we are presented with this opportunity. God is literally dropping this opportunity in our laps to grow together, to bring our children, our husbands, our wives, our grandchildren together, praying, worshiping, growing in grace and growing in Christ' likeness, just like they did in the early churches, the early house churches. What a great time to be doing that again, to be doing home church. I'm not the only one who's been thinking about this stuff though. Some of you watching are probably not familiar with the way the Methodist Church is structured and that's not very, that's not very important. For those of you, what you need to know is I have a, I, I have a boss over me. <laughs> I, have, I have a lot of bosses over me. And uh, if you're not familiar, and, and, and one of those bosses is called our district superintendent. Evidently our district superintendent, who is, who is a pastor, who is a Reverend, um, has also been thinking about this stuff because she sent out a letter. She sent out an email earlier this week to us right along these same lines of what I'm talking about right now. And she stated it and she says some things that are much more better stated uh, than I'm able to. And I just wanna read that to you. I'd like to read a portion of her letter and see how it lines up with what I'm talking about. And she brings out some more stuff uh, that, that I had, had not even thought of. But here's what she writes. She says, on the topic of worship and of spiritual growth, I have been able to worship more times than ever before via videos or Facebook. Though we would all love to gather together, let us remember, let us remember that our faith began during a time when large groups could not worship together. And she goes on to give some examples. Romans 16, 5. Greet also the church in their house. The church in their house. Colossians 4, 15. Paul writes, give my greetings to the brothers at Laodicea and to Nympha and the church in her house. 1 Corinthians 16, 19. Paul writes, the churches of Asia send you greetings, Aquila and Prissa, together with the church in their house, send you hearty greetings in the Lord. And finally, from the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2, one of my favorite in the entirety of scripture, verses 42 and 46, says, and they devoted themselves... these are are the disciples, These, these these, these are the early disciples, the early church, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes. They received their food with glad and generous hearts. Our district superintendent goes on to write, and so the home church is the beginnings of what worship, study, and fellowship look like. Let us use this as a time to embrace the home church once again. It will grow us like we never have before. Moms and dads, husbands and wives, grandmas and grandpas, God is calling you even more in this time to be the spiritual leader of your family and your home church. With technology, we can still gather, we can still gather with church members and leaders but ultimately, whether that happens or not, is on each of you. God's church is not dead, folks. And I think God has given us a breather right here. I think God has given us an opportunity to do some great things for his kingdom. He's given us an opportunity to be reminded to lament, if you will. And I believe this is... It's, you know, we don't have answers. A guy named N.T. Wright recently wrote an article about how, you know, what's going on? How do, we, how do we give answers about God, and what God is doing during this time? We don't know why God does what God does. But here's what he wrote. He said, the main thing we need to worry about right now is we need to be lamenting. And I believe that 100%. I believe that is the primary Christian duty is to lament, to think, to ponder, to meditate on these things. Not to say, well, God's doing this, God's doing that, doing that for this purpose. We don't know that. We don't know the mind of God, but it is a wonderful time to reflect. And here's what we're reflecting on right now this morning. We're reflecting on the importance of home churches. We are reflecting on the importance of of families getting together, growing, studying, praying, worshiping. We We are remembering what it's like, and we're missing what it's like to be together, to be gathered together as a larger body of Christ. What's important? We are are having this time to be reminded, to reflect, and to hurt. It's okay to hurt on what we're missing. That's okay. And that's that's some of the stuff we need to be lamenting about during this time. Not why did God do this. Not why or if God did this. But what can we do? What is he telling us? What is God working through this situation right now? God's church isn't dead, folks. We have just been sent out. We have been deployed and we have been sent on mission. It is different. It is different. But I believe it is a glorious, glorious thing that is happening. If we'll just turn our minds towards God, turn our minds and our hearts and see what he is really doing there this time. So right now, we're going to return back to our scripture for just a second. That's... That's, that's the really that's, that's, that's the primary part of my sermon this morning. But I do want to take a look at the scripture for today. So back to Philippians, verses, uh, uh, Philippians 2, 5 through 11. There's several things that we can see that we can glean from today's text. First and foremost, we see the nature and we see the work of Jesus Christ, the nature of Christ and the work of Christ. And we see Paul's call, Paul's call to the church, but also our call. This is our call to reflect and to mirror that nature I want to reread to you verses 5 through 8 briefly Philippians 2 5 through 8 you must have the same, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had though he was God he did not think of equality with God as something to give up as something to cling to instead he gave up his divine privileges he took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. And when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and he died a criminal's death on a cross. Jesus did not come with a me first mentality. Jesus came with a selfless, self-sacrificial mentality. This of course is what we are called to mirror. These are all things we've talked about many, many times here at Bronx United Methodist. The ideas of, of, of humility. The idea of true, self-sacrificial Christian love, mirroring, reflecting the same mind and the same heart of Jesus Christ. We talk about loving obedience here. I do believe in obedience, and I believe that we are called to obedience. We're not called to obedience out of a sense, out of a sense of fear or out of a sense, some kind of skewed, weird sense of uh, of uh, of duty or obligation. We're called to obedience out of love. We're called called to obedience because we love God and because we love others. It's the same obedience. It's the same obedience that Jesus submitted to when he submitted himself to, to hang on that cross and to be beaten mercilessly for us. Obedience. We do it because we love God and we do it because we love people. We are empowered. We are empowered by the Holy Spirit to do that not of our own will, not of our own, not of our own our own, means, because we can't. Through God's grace, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we seek and we become these things. And this is just such a rich, rich text. This is a beautiful, beautiful text that I just do not have time to get into today. I'm gonna to encourage you to read it. There's, there's some really deep, deep theological insight going on in these, in these few verses. So I'm gonna encourage you once again to dig deeper. And ask some questions who who is jesus what about his humanity and his divinity you see some great things that paul teaches this is some good theology that paul teaches here he talks about the divinity of jesus and he talks about the humanity of jesus spend some time in these scriptures folks over this week dig into them delve into them and 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 meditate on them ask the holy spirit to guide you and you're going to pick up on some really really wonderful wonderful things Regarding the incarnation, the incarnation. There's a big church word for you. That that means that means literally Jesus, Jesus, the Son of God coming to earth, God in human form, if you will. Verses nine through eleven. I'll read to you real quick. It says therefore, God elevated him, him being Jesus, to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue declare that jesus christ is lord to the glory of god the father this is a very very well known and very often stated text that every knee shall bow every tongue shall confess that jesus christ is lord very 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 well-known text within 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 the church and it's also very very true it is the very very truth of the gospel we talked about the gospel last week and the beginnings of the gospel and, and sin and reconciliation uh, to God and, and, and having, a, having, a, having, a, having a, a reconciled relationship with him through Jesus because Jesus is who he said he is and that's what this verse reminds us there will come a time there will come a time where every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord that is a truth that I had to submit to a number of years ago. I didn't like it. I didn't believe it for a very, very long time. But I had to. And when I submitted to that truth, God began to do some wonderful, wonderful things in my life. I began to see that transformation that we talk about. I began to see the true work of Jesus Christ in my mind, in my heart, and of course in my outward actions. But that's just my story. There are, there are thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of stories like that. Jesus is who he says he is, and that is one of the truths that we have to, that we have to accept. That's one of the truths that we do accept as, as his followers and as born again disciples of Jesus Christ. And yes, we believe in the imminent return of Christ. And that's what he's talking about here. Every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. This is basic Christian doctrine. We don't know when Christ is coming back, but we believe it. It's part of 2,000 years of church history, church belief, church tradition. Jesus Christ will come back at some point. It may be today. It may be another 200,000 years. We don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't try to even pretend to, uh, to have any kind of knowledge of that. But he will be back. He is coming back. He will return. That's a promise of God. We believe in the imminent return of Jesus. Verses 9 through 11 reminds us that Jesus is, once again, who he says he is. There is no other God. There is no other God other than Christ Jesus. Some of you, some of you question these things. Folks, y'all don't even know. I I questioned these things for for years and years and years. I didn't believe it. I didn't want to believe it. Didn't care to believe it. Didn't Didn't want to hear what any Christian had to say. But eventually God brought me to my knees Jesus brought me to my knees and I had to confess that Jesus Christ was Lord and I did and I believe that today and I believe that for many 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 years and I continue to see the fruits of that continue to see the fruits I continue to see so so many people being changed so many other people being changed so many lives being changed maybe you're feeling that today Maybe you're feeling that pull. Are you being called? I believe that God pursues us. I know that God pursues us. I know that Jesus pursues us because we read that in scripture last week too. Jesus pursues us. Are you feeling that today? Are you feeling that little tug, that little little pull there inside of your heart? Maybe you're being made aware. Maybe you're being made a a little more aware of the sin in your life. Maybe you're maybe you're maybe maybe you know some truths in your heart. Maybe you know the sin that exists in your heart and in your life. Maybe you're tired of denying it. We all do that. We all try to deny our sin. Maybe you're tired of it. Maybe you just want to give it up. Give it up. Maybe you want to get rid of that guilt, that frustration that you experience every day. Maybe you want to give all, all that stuff up. You're sick of it. You're tired. You're worn out. That's God calling you. That's Jesus calling you and it's very simple folks we talked about the gospel last week the gospel is very very simple very very simple believe in your heart confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and that is the beginning of that is the beginning the start of salvation if you haven't reached that point yet if you haven't reached that point I encourage you I encourage you to talk to God the Bible promises us if we reach out to God He will be there and he will respond. Turn your hearts over to God. Accept that gift and watch, allow him, allow Jesus. Don't try to do this by yourself. It'll never happen. Allow Jesus to change you, to work on you from the inside out. He can, he wants to do that and he will. Pray with me if you will. God, once again, we thank you, Lord, for for. For the ability just to gather together to worship and to hear scripture in your name even though we can't be together in person we are together in our hearts we are together and we are connected through 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 the means of the internet and we thank you for for the ability to do that god we thank you for the way that you're working inside of your church we thank you for the ways that you are working inside your the entire global body of christ right now god we continue to pray for those who are suffering through this through this coronavirus, through COVID-19, we pray for the ones who are suffering, God. We, we pray, God, for recovery. God, we pray for doctors. We pray for first responders. We pray for all health care workers. Lord, we just pray, we ask, and we pray and we beg, Father, that you will alleviate this illness and that you will just continue to work inside the hearts of people, work inside the hearts of your church, God. Draw us, Father, open our hearts to whatever it is you are trying to reveal to us during this time. May we be responsive. May we do your will for your glory. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. And once again, as I say each week, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you always. Amen.